0: If you have a copy of God's Word with you, turn with me to the first gospel in our Bible. Uh, that is the book of Matthew, and we are going to look at uh, Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Um, before I read it for us, uh, there is a... a Word is actually a name that is given in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. And it is recorded, remembered from some 700 years prior when the prophet Isaiah prophesied that this would take place. I'm going to read that verse for us, verse 23, talk for just a moment, and then we will um, get into. Uh, These verses, it states this, behold, the virgin, this is verse 23, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, Emmanuel, which means God with us. We just sang that. We sang those exact words, Emmanuel, God with us. For the next five Sundays, uh, we are going to look at that name, at that one word, Emmanuel. What does that word, what does that name mean? And In and, and understanding what that name means, how do we live that out every single day? Some of you are like, all right, a manual. Five sermons, 35, when Brian gets going, 45 minutes long each. um, that's That's a lot. And that may be the case. Just grin and bear it. No. Some of you got it. That's good. That's good. But this name... As we focus on it for these sermons, as we focus on it in this series, as we focus on it during this season, you say it may be a lot, but there have been a number of men who have spent their whole lives on that name, writing about that name, studying about that name, understanding that name one was a man by the name of John Wesley he was a part of the first great awakening he started the methodist denomination the father of methodism the last words he ever spoke were Matthew chapter 1 verse 23 specifically he spoke Emmanuel God with us. In the Old Testament, God showed up, and we've seen that over the last few weeks, as we've been doing Route 66 and, and understanding how God has shown himself in that whole meta-narrative from Old Testament to New Testament, from beginning to end, how He has shown himself, described, shown up on the scene. He showed up in Genesis chapter 15 to Abraham. There were uh, half a carcass of an animal on this side and half a carcass of an animal on that side, and they were just lined up. And God showed up like a, a bowl of fire and walked. I don't know how a bowl walks through between the two carcasses, but that's how he showed up. Exodus Chapter 3, he showed up like a burning bush and stated to Moses that, uh, hey, Moses, this place where you are standing, it's, it's holy ground. Take off your sandals. And then a little later, as we saw a few weeks ago in Exodus chapter thirty-three, Moses said, "God, I want to see you. I want to see your glory. I, I want to see." And he says, "Nobody can see my face, but here's what I'll do. I'll hide you in the cleft of the lock, of the rock, and when I pass by, I'll take my hand off of you, and you can see my hindquarters." That's literally what it says. I don't know hindquarters. All I think of deer hunting, but. God took his hand off and Moses saw him. And once he saw him, he came down off the mountain and his face was shining. Just think for a second. If he would have actually seen his face, if he would have seen the face of God, how bright God's face is, he would have died. But he just saw after God walked by, he just saw a glimpse of him and his face was shining so much that he had to put a hood on And every time he went to worship, the people would stand at their tents and they would see him go into the tent of meeting outside the camp. He would worship and he'd come out and his face was shining because he'd been in the presence of God. And now God says to mankind in Matthew chapter 1, I'm going to show up on the scene. My name's Emmanuel, God with us. And in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25, we see Joseph's side of the story. We see his account of the things that took place prior to Jesus' birth. Let's read these. I'll read it out loud. You can follow along on the verses on the screen or with your copy of God's Word Here's how Matthew records Joseph's side of the story. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother, Mary, had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, Jesus Hebrew is Yeshua or Joshua. God is salvation. You shall call his name. God is salvation for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we uh, look at this passage, God, may it it come across not just as, oh, yeah, I've heard that before. Oh, yeah, I've read those verses before. I've heard a sermon about Jesus' birth before. But, Father, would you speak? Your word has been recorded. You have given us this account for a purpose. God, may we digest your word this morning. May we understand it and may it change me. May it change us because you are with us. You are Emmanuel. God, would you speak? Would you speak to the, to the ladies that are in this room. Because they need to hear from you this morning. Father would you speak to the students that are in this room. Because they need to hear from you this morning. Father would you speak to the men in this room. Lord that. We would hear you speak. For we desperately need. To hear from you. Lord this church is your church. Father, we have gathered to praise your name. We have gathered in this place to worship you. We have gathered in this place this morning to hear from you. I pray you speak even now for you to deserve everything that we have and so much more. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving us. I ask it in your son's name. Amen. Before we get to the name, give me just one or two minutes. Think about Joseph. Good Jewish upstanding citizen. Thinks that he is marrying a good girl. The culture that he lives in is foreign to you. The culture that he finds himself in is one that does not tolerate what he finds out about his fiancée. This man, being an upstanding man, seeks to divorce her quietly so that there will be no more shame put on her. He knows there's going to be shame. He knows that every time they walk into a group of people, there will be whispers. And he knows what the whispers are all about. He knows that there are going to be looks. He's seen them. He's looked them. He knows the thoughts. He's thought them. And he does not want anything to do with it. So therefore, he is just going to put her aside quietly and go on with his life as best he can. And then there is a dream. There is a dream, and the dream goes something like this. An angel of the Lord comes and visits Joseph one evening and says, Joseph, go ahead and marry her. She hadn't done anything wrong. The baby that's inside her has come from God, from his spirit. You remember Isaiah the prophet? He prophesied some 700 years ago that there would be a virgin and she would bear a child and he would be Emmanuel, God with us. That's your Mary. Go ahead. Which leads a question from, from me. How easy is it to follow God's will? If you know what God wants you to do and you want to do it, How easy is it? How easy is it to follow God's will if you know it's God's will? You want to do it, but your peers, your friends, your family, those around you think that's that's the dumbest thing in the world. How easy is it to follow God's will if you know what it is, but you don't want to do it? Three different scenarios, three probably different degrees of how easy or hard it is to actually follow God's will. Joseph knew the culture. He knew what was coming about. and He knew the words, the looks, the attitudes that would be harsh, that would be coming his way. But more than wanting to stop those, Joseph desired to obey. And so he did. And because he did, verse 23, 24, and 25 comes about. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Let's look at this name. Three truths about this name. The first truth is this, that Jesus is God. Period. Jesus is God. Emmanuel means that God is with us. God is with us. Jesus is God. You're like, where does it state that? Well, it states that a number of different places. States it in John chapter one, verse one, and in the beginning. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He was in the beginning. He created everything. There is nothing that came into existence except by His Word. Paul picks that up in Colossians chapter 1 and he states a very similar thing, that there is nothing that has been made. It's all for Him and by Him and through Him. Colossians chapter 1 verses 15 through 18. But I want us to read a different passage, because I believe that it goes to what is being stated here. Some days I loathe technology, especially those days when technology does not seem to work for me, and that was the case the past three or four days because I could not get my internet to work on my computer that had that software that runs here. I couldn't get it to upload. I couldn't do anything with it. So I don't have the verses for you on the screen. But if you have a copy in front of you in John's gospel, chapter eight, let me read for us a couple of verses. There's an argument that's going on between some Pharisees and Jesus. Jesus is trying to Get them to understand that they are not who they say they are. In John chapter 8, verse 39, the Pharisees answered Jesus and state this, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing what the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works your father did. And there is an undertone that he is calling them sons of Satan. Okay, he's going to bring that out. A little later, but that's the undertone. And here's their answer back. And you remember what Joseph was thinking. They said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. And Jesus said to them, if God were your father... conversation. They were going back and forth and they were one-upping each other. Jesus in an undertone says, hey, you're of your father, the devil. Didn't say the devil. And they said, hey, we weren't born out of sexual immorality, meaning this, we know who your mama is. We know the story from 30 years ago that happened. Joseph couldn't get away from it. Mary couldn't get away from it. They moved from Nazareth to Bethlehem. They moved from Bethlehem to a different country in Egypt. They come back, not wanting to go to Bethlehem, but go back up to Nazareth, and they hear the stories, the whispers. All along, Joseph is seeking to do God's will, and he has a son. His name is Jesus, and Jesus is God. Jesus states to the Pharisees right here that I am from God. Jesus states over and over and over and over and over again throughout all of the Gospels that he is not just from God, but that he is God. So the first truth about Emmanuel is that Jesus is God, But not only is Jesus God, the second truth about Emmanuel is this, that God is with us. He's with us. In John chapter 14 and John chapter 16, Jesus said, it's better for you that I go away. Because if I go away, I will send a helper, a helper of the same kind, just like me. And he will come and he will dwell in you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, chapter 16 of John's Gospel states. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world, Satan, he is judged. When the Spirit of truth comes... He will guide you into all truth. He's not going to speak on his own authority, but the one who sends him. God is with us. The story is told of two two musicians. One is a lady who sings in all the local establishments, all the the, uh, joints, the honky-tonks. She sings the songs of this one other who is famous. She is world-famous. Every time she comes close to where this other lady lives, she goes and sees her. She goes and hears how she sings those songs, hears and and sees how she walks, how she performs, the words that she states to her crowd. But she never goes up and introduces herself. She's so close. She's right there in her presence. She goes back and, and she sings the songs just like that other famous musician sings. But she never goes and introduces herself. She's been in her presence. But she doesn't know her. She hasn't been with her. All the while, she's right there. She's open. This famous musician is open for her to come up and and talk with her. She's open to, to have this conversation. But she never introduces herself. It's like you and me. We stand at the seashore, and maybe the little waves hit our feet. And we look out, and we see the top of the water, and they are the waves are coming in, and the waves are going out. The waves are coming in. We're like, "Hey, we went to the ocean." You and I saw that much of it. Jesus comes and says these things that God is with us. His presence is right here. How many of us find ourselves just an inch deep, an inch into knowing who He is? How many of us are the ones who know all the things that there are to know about God that we can comprehend, yet we have never known Him? He states that he is with us. He's not far off. He is near. He has come close. He has been born like we are, flesh and blood, so that he might show himself to us and that we might know him. Yet you and I, we'll focus on him for this month. We'll think about him because, as Chris stated, 104.5 is going to blast those tunes until January the 1st. We'll go by somebody's house and they'll have a manger out. We'll pull into our driveway. We'll see one in our yard. We'll go into our house and we'll see them on the coffee table and we'll think about them. We'll come here. But how many of us will really take the time over the next five weeks to not just hear about Him but to truly understand that He is God with us and that He has spoken to us and He desires for you and me to take this, His Word, and say, hey, Ben, Hey, sir? Hey, ma'am? I gave this to you so that you could know me. Jesus is God. God is with us. But the third truth this morning is this: that God is with us, He's with us. He's with you right now. God, the God of the universe who hung the stars, who spoke this world into existence, who created day and night, who made a way for you to be with him. He is with us. We read John chapter 8. We read John chapter 16 where he sent his helper. One author put it this way. Who does God come to be with? Who does he come to be with? If you look at the context of all the Christmas text, you see the us, in quotations, is always, the us is always people who've been invited. People who are humble. The shepherds. Shepherds are the ones who who get the invitations. He's with us, the astrologers, those who are outcasts, people away from society. Why? The people who can receive this great gift are the people who come without references, who come without arguments, people who never, ever, ever come and say, Hey. You owe, you owe me because I've tried hard. God says I am with us. Just the regulars. Just those who say, hey, I'm no better than anybody else. I'm not better than Joe or Tom or Ted or Samantha or Sally or Barbara. I'm not better than anybody else. God is with us. He's with us. Those who come to him like Matthew 6 states, spiritual beggars, coming to know, coming to him, knowing that you have nothing to offer the king. Those of us that he's with, those people, they are us. And Matthew records these words once again. Behold. Behold, Riverbend. Behold, Sir, Ma'am, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel. God with us. And When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he, Joseph, called him Yeshua. God is my salvation. As our focus turns to Christmas, as we kind of get all those lists out, we get the calendar out, we're like, all right, we've got to go here, 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 and here, and we've got to take this, that, and the other, and we've got to go buy all these things. Don't forget. Don't forget Emmanuel. Don't forget that God is with us. He's with us when you get frustrated with your wives, men, who try to uh, put a Christmas tree up and she doesn't like the lights that you have just placed on the Christmas tree. Happened last night at my house. God is with us. I just had to go be quiet. But God is with us. He's with us when you look at the calendar over the next couple of weeks and you're like, I I just don't want to go. I I don't want to have to walk into that setting and have that conversation because I know the conversation that's about to happen. God is with us. He is with us, not just to, to remind you and me not to say something or to check our attitude. No, no, he is with us so that Monday will be a great day because you remember that he has won the victory for you, that he has broken those chains and you no longer have to serve a Master that you were born into to serve because He is with us. He is with us when those great discussions about Christmas lights and decorations and do we really have to go to this in-law or that out-law? He is with us. He is with us. Not just during Christmas time. He's with us on January the 4th and April the 15th and July the 22nd. He is with us. And I pray that as I close the sermon, that you are in the group of us. You're in the group of us. The us are these, those that have bowed the knee, those that have confessed that he is Savior and Lord, not just Savior, not just fire insurance, but Savior and Lord. Us. He came to save us. He put on flesh for us. He walked out of the tomb for us, and he will come back one day for us. Heavenly Father, there is nothing that I have ever done, there is nothing that I ever will do, That comes anywhere near deserving what you have done for me. Father, every man, woman, boy, and girl in this room, in this building, if I, if we would. Grasp, Emmanuel, God with us. Father, my words would be different. My attitude would be different. Father, our, our walks would be different because you are with us. God, I pray that as we hear the song, as we hear the word, the name, over and over and over again, whether it's on the radio, whether it's on the phone, whether it is in this room, as we speak and we see, we read, Emmanuel. God, that that would sink in, that you are with us, you are for us. God, you have given your best to us. May we surrender this morning and come back, come home to you for your name and for your glory. I ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Why don't you stand and join with us as we sing. As we've come to a time of response, if God is speaking, maybe you need to come forward, come forward and pray, talk with me. But don't leave without being a part of us. Asking about a relationship with Jesus because he came for us. Chris, why don't you lead us?